0: everyone. My guest today is Kristen Block, author of Scatter Seeds of Kindness, a book of poems and short stories about life, love, and the things that shape our souls. Before we get started, here's the inside scoop on Kristen. Kristen Block first began rhyming words together at a very young age. Soon these words expanded into poems and stories that enchanted family and friends. A compilation of those writings was recently released in her first book, Walk Through a Field of Flowers. Kristen works full-time and has earned an MBA degree from the University of Phoenix. She is also a certified personal trainer and certified Pilates instructor, teaching several classes each week. Scatter Seeds of Kindness is her second book. You can learn more about Kristen Block and her work by visiting her website at kablockauthor.com. Well, hi, Kristen. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live.
1: Sherry, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it
0: actually, when I saw the title before I even saw the cover, I actually got a great big smile on my face because it sounded so refreshing as opposed to, you know, all the negativity we're exposed to seems like on a daily basis these days. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your book? What is Scatter Seeds of Kindness all about? And what was your inspiration for writing it? Sure, I'd be happy to. So I didn't set out to write a book specifically about kindness.
1: I Um, have always written poetry from the time I was very young. I mean, we're talking like five, six years old. That's kind of how I found my voice because I came from a family, um, love them dearly, but they like to talk over me quite a bit. And being (laughs) the youngest child, I would often be like interrupted, like telling a story at the dinner table. And, you know, it would just kind of get pushed to the side because somebody else would have something more important to say. So I learned very young that if I started talking, I would get interrupted. But if I wrote something down and I said, Hey, family, I have something to read to you. I had their attention. Mm -hmm. And shortly after that, I kind of started to learn that I had this ability to rhyme words together and to create stories that rhymed. And, you know, I started writing more and more poems about little you know, innocent things when you're a kid. Um, And then as I got more life experience and things started happening uh, in in the world and in my life, I started to get a little bit more personal with them and um, really kind of found my voice through that. So. I had uh, taken a long hiatus from writing in my 20s, early 30s, you know, just busy with other things Mm -hmm. and kind of forgotten about writing for a long time. And I had everything in a binder that I came across during the lockdown of 2020 when everybody was kind of looking for home projects to do. And I was cleaning out a drawer and I found this binder of poems and I said, hey, you know, some of these are pretty decent. Maybe I should do something with them. I mean, God forbid if something were to happen to me and I would leave the world and nobody would know that I had done anything like this. Mm. And I started exploring and I actually put those out in my first book that I published back in 2020 called Walk Through a Field of Flowers. And that was just named after a journal from one of my creative writing classes. And what I did with that book was I started to include a little introduction about each poem and a little story behind it, maybe the inspiration. Why did I write it? What were my thoughts behind it? That kind of thing. And I got a lot of really good feedback from people that really enjoyed kind of reading the author's thoughts on things. Yeah. Because yeah, right. A lot of times with poetry, we don't quite know where is it coming from. What are they thinking? What sometimes we don't know what it's about, right? In some cases. So I got a lot of feedback from people, and I didn't have any plans of doing another book, but as, you know, sometimes the creative juices start flowing, and I started to gather material for this latest book, and I followed that same format of including my thoughts and my inspiration or motivation, um, you know, behind each poem, and I started to notice just a theme of kindness that kept emerging,
0: Mm.
1: and quite a few of the poems had some kind of a a kindness theme built in there somewhere, and so there was the title, and so that their book was born.
0: (laughs) Wow. So, I love that cuz I'm not a poetry reader. I mean, that's not my go-to. You know, right. I I will read it, but I don't seek it out. And part of the reason is, and I'm guessing many people have this problem is because I don't feel like I know how to read it, and it's a bit intimidating. And so, yes. I feel like with your explanations or stories before or after the poetry, That kind of helps people that, especially that are new to poetry, to understand and, you know, maybe just compare what they were thinking with what you wrote. And and it just kind of gives you a bit of freedom that way, I think.
1: Yeah, and I love that. And I don't want to take away anybody's thought process when they're reading the poetry. I want everybody to kind of interpret it their own way. So I'm not trying to say, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't think this way about it. But, you know, it does maybe give somebody food for thought if maybe they were thinking it was going in a different direction and then they read my explanation and they're like, oh, okay, this is where it was, you know, going for. And I, I kind of got this idea, uh, years ago, I was watching a DVD, of a band that I really like. Um, they were doing like an intimate concert at like a concert hall. And before they did each song, the lead singer got up there and he talked about the inspiration behind each song or what the song meant. Oh. And nine times out of 10, it was different than what I even imagined that it was. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed kind of, I was like, Oh, that's what that song is about. Or that's what that line means in that song. Um, And so I think maybe that was kind of in the back of my mind when I started to do this. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback from it. So people do enjoy it. But again, I still want them to kind of apply it to their own lives or their own interpretation of it, but gives them a little bit of something to kind of know where my mind was when I was writing it.
0: Right, right. Yeah. No, I love that. I feel like that it almost sets scatter seeds of kindness apart to me. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah, see I do it. Know. I don't see that happening a lot. Yeah,
1: right. And I, I've never seen any other poetry book out there where they kind of do that. So hopefully it's it's a little bit of a unique poetry book. And so far, people have really enjoyed it. So yeah. I'm going to keep doing
0: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I love what you said earlier about you learning to write to get your family's attention. That's pretty perceptive. I'm not sure exactly how old you were, but that was, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty perceptive. Why did you choose poetry instead of prose? Or was it even a conscious Mm. thought at that time?
1: It wasn't even a conscious thought. And I'll say that the poetry chose me Mm. because I just would sit down and things would just rhyme. And not all poetry does rhyme, and not you know all poets rhyme their words, and it, it doesn't have to be that way. That's just my particular style. And at a very young age, I would just you know even something like as simple as like Mary had a little lamb, like like those innocent type of poems or stories that I would come up with, but they always rhymed. Yeah. And I almost didn't know how to not rhyme a story together. Uh, So I did dabble a little bit in the prose, like short stories, and it just didn't resonate with me as much. I didn't get, you know, super excited about it. But then, you know, when you're searching for a word, to you know to find that perfect rhyme that goes you know with the line before it or two lines before it and then you find it there's such a satisfaction in that and I just didn't get that same thrill from writing the prose although I have been enjoying writing the prose that goes along with each of the poems yeah Um, and you can kind of see it at different points in the book sometimes it's very short maybe just two paragraphs and then other times it goes on a little bit longer and it just kind of Is how I'm feeling at the moment, how I'm, uh, what is flowing in my mind, what else do I want to say about it? So, um, but I am actually finding an enjoyment in doing that kind of prose. I don't know if I'll ever venture out into like a fiction genre. I'm so in awe of people that write fiction and, you know, especially like some of the more complicated, like I listened to your podcast the other day with the science fiction author. It was, I'm just like, I I can't even imagine, you know, that process that they must go through. Um, So, but, I'm enjoying kind of venturing off into a little bit of the prose with these poems, but the rhyming part of it is it's still my first, you know, go to.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's easier. Cause I think it, like you said, it's hard to find exactly the right word, but to me that makes more sense as a beginning poetry reader, because like free form poetry, I don't get that at all. You know, I don't know how mm-hmm. to read it. I don't know how to <laughs> interpret it. Right. Um, so if it rhymes and, and, and it's, yeah, I can make sense of that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> and and again, and there's that satisfaction of just nailing down that perfect line. Like, I you know, you're searching and searching for a rhyme and then all of a sudden and I and I comment in the book, you know, a lot of times, you know, I just have to kind of put it on marinate and just let things marinate in my head for a while and then, you know, I'll get in the shower. I have I had told this little story about, you know, I'll get in the shower and I'll put the conditioner in my hair and then boom, there it is, that perfect rhyme. And uh, <laughs> you know, I have to tell myself like just just keep you know, going through your mind until you're done with your shower and can get out and write it down. Because if I don't write it down very quickly, it's going to be gone, you know. So uh, but you know, it's it's that like, oh, you have to hit me right now. I, this is an in- inopportune time to find this perfect rhyme. But there it is. You know, I always <laughs> say the words are boss, you know, they find me. So
0: <laughs> I think the shower is the place where inspiration hits most.
1: <laughs> really? I, isn't that so funny? I don't know why that is. I think maybe we just, you know, can just relax and let the water flow. And maybe that gets the thought process flowing. I don't know. But I'll take
0: it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So would you say there is an ideal reader for your book? Who do you think would be your target audience?
1: You know, actually, that's an interesting question. With my first book, I do think it was maybe targeted more for I don't want to say women, because I, I don't want to leave men out. But uh, there was more softer, like more romantic type poems um, with that book. With this particular book, I really think it's universal. I've heard from men. I've heard from women, older, younger, teenagers, mm. young adults. I've heard from everybody that finds something in here that they can relate to. So there's you know, just a wide range of poems in here. There's one called The Bully, which talks about uh, an experience, a very personal experience that I had in high school of just being picked on. Mm -hmm. And um, how that story kind of turned around into, um, had a a little bit of an interesting ending. And I know somebody that shared that with a young girl in high school that was being picked on. And, you know, she found some comfort with that. Oh, wow. And then I have one, you know, about just time, the passage of time and how fast it goes. And um, one about memories and how they can haunt us, but they can also shape us. Memories can, you know, make us into the person that we are today. If we don't have our memories,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that's what kind of helps us grow. So that's actually the first poem in the book called The Weight of Memories. And it talks about how memories can be heavy and they can be a burden, but they also build our character, right? They're like building blocks and they grow on each other and they strengthen us. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, any memory that we have, we can let it go. We don't have to hold on to it, but if we hold on to it, it does shape us hopefully into a better person. So that kind of has universal appeal. I couldn't say that that has to do, you know, like a man or a woman or, so I, I feel like the poems in this book are very universal. There's another one called The Devil on My Shoulder, which talks about, you know, we all have that angel and that devil on our shoulder. And, you know, we want to listen to one or the other. And usually we want to listen to that devil, right? That's saying, do it, do it. But then the angel is saying, are you sure you want to do that? Um, you know, and who hasn't had that struggle with themselves? Right. And who who hasn't given into that devil when they maybe know better? So I think, again, you know, I, I think that there's a universal appeal with this book. I think anybody could relate to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it. Now, how many poems are in this collection?
1: Uh, approximately 27, I believe. Oh, okay. And I actually have a, uh, the title of the book, Scatter Seeds of Kindness. I actually have a poem um, that kicks off the book called that. It's the title poem. And I broke that out into two sections. So the very first part of the book, um, has that poem and then it carries on into the uh, the very ending of the book as well with the last four verses of that one. But it's probably about 27.
0: Oh, wow. I have to tell you, when we found the reviewer for your book, because we always like to match up the books with the perfect reader that we have. And I sent her one choice. And it was this dystopian, some kind of thing. And she's like, you know, I'm gonna have to pass on that one, because it's just I've been reading so much of that lately that it's just, I can't do it right now. So I said, well, okay, how about this one? And... (laughs) <laughs> and I sent her your book and she's like, Oh yes, please, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so great. And she gave me such an amazing review. I, I was just I, I was just thrilled to death when I read her review. And she even put in there about, you know, in, in this day and age when we're just hearing so much, gloom and doom, and you know, now with all the stuff going on in, in Ukraine and just COVID and we're just constantly hit with this stuff. And it's maybe a little bit of a break for everybody to pick up a book. And, and there's not all it's not all sunshine and roses in my book. There are some heavy stuff in there as well. But right. um, maybe a little bit of a break and hopefully, a, a little bit of a reminder to maybe be a little kind to each other through these hard times that we're all we're all dealing with it, right. So maybe pull out that kindness whenever you can is, is maybe just a reminder throughout the book.
0: Mm-hmm. So your first book included the poems you found from your childhood? Is that what you said? It,
1: yeah, 90, probably 95% of them were from my childhood. I did include a few uh, newer ones in that book just because I just got hit with a little bit of inspiration. I actually had thought I was done writing. I hadn't written in a very long time and I thought uh, it's whatever talent I had or whatever gift I had when I was younger is gone. It's moved on. It doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. I saw a quote that I thought was so great and it said, it, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of the water doesn't flow when, if the faucet is turned off. Mm. So, you know, turn on your mind as the faucet and let the words flow. And I started to kind of do that and realized, hey, this talent, you know, or this gift, whatever you want to call it, uh, does still exist. And so I was able to write a few new poems. I wrote one uh, in the first book called the M- In the Middle. And the inspiration behind that was COVID, um, mm. the 20 lockdown. And it really, uh, that one was more directed at women who uh, suddenly found themselves, you know, working from home with kids at home and doing homeschooling. And many of them also had parents that were aging and maybe they couldn't go visit them because they were in the nursing home. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just these women that are finding themselves and and it was men, too, but mainly women, you know, in the midst of suddenly in this new world, um, in the middle of these kids that are now home and, you know, they're trying to conduct a business meeting online, because they're working from home now. And the, you know, the the child is like pulling up their, you know, (laughs) saying, Mommy, you know, I need lunch, or, you know, you hear your kid is sick, you know, and you're like, Oh, what am I going to do now, you know, and so all of the burdens. And um, so that was an inspiration for that. And then I did another one just about the kind of the unrest that happened in our country in the around May, June of 2020, and all the chaos and stuff around that. So I knew that I still did have, you know, a few new things to write left inside of me. So those made it into the first book. And then took a little bit of a break again. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like last year started writing again, and that became Scatter Seeds of Kindness. Okay.
0: Um, So it sounds like you've pulled from many stages of your life. I was wondering if there was one stage that kind of influenced your writing more than another, but sounds like it's pretty well rounded. Or would you say there is one stage that kind of dominates?
1: No, not necessarily dominates. I may have more. Well, actually, I was gonna say, I, I know that I wrote about like, when, um, my father's death, and not necessarily his, his death, but he had a, a man cave years ago before the term man cave was a thing. <laughs> He would go out into his garage and that's where like he would spend hours tinkering around. We don't know what he was working on, but he was always out in his garage. And when he passed away, I do remember standing out there, you know, uh, a day or week later and kind of looking around at all the things that were left unfinished Mm -hmm. and um, how that impacted me. And, And that became a poem called His Garage, which was, you know, a tribute to his little man cave. And then in the new book that I'm writing, there's uh, another kind of tribute where I start off talking about like the night he passed away and all the chaos and everything like that. So I think that might be a theme that creeps in maybe a little bit more than yeah. others. I'm not a romantic writer, so I don't write the lovey dovey fluffy stuff as much <laughs> as I would love. It just doesn't come to me. I guess I just don't have a lot of romantic bones in my body. But I have very wonderful and loving relationships and friendships. So I'm not sure why that genre doesn't really uh, strike a chord with me yet. I don't know if that's something that will change in the future. But so I don't really write lovey dovey type stuff. I write more, I think stuff that people can really relate to and on all different levels. Yeah, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that there are people that want fluff all the time. But I think sometimes people are looking for that, you know, some substance to grab onto and, you know, run with it or, you know, just to. Yeah, sometimes
1: it's just even like one line of a poem that will stick with somebody. And they'll say, like, I love what you said here. You know, I have a friend of mine that texted me one time and she says, I'm uh, making sticky notes of different lines of your poems throughout your book and putting them all around my house. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how amazing is that? Oh, you know? Wow. Yeah. So it's just, I'm hoping that even just one line or one word or one verse or one poem will really touch somebody and make an impact on their lives. all not like hope for, really. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. So your book has been out for right around six months now?
1: Yeah, it came out right around, uh, it was published end of October of last year. I kept it a little bit of a secret because nobody knew that I was writing. With the first book, that one came completely out of left field. Nobody had any idea that I was writing it. And the look on their faces when I gave it to people was just priceless. I kind of, seeing that it was we're approaching the holidays again, I kind of wanted to capture that same feeling and that same surprise. So I kind of held it a little bit of a secret until about mid-November. And then I had given it to a couple of my, my sister and a family friend and my niece. And I said, here's an early Christmas gift for you. And then mm. once the cat was out of the bag, then I did announce it on social media. So it was maybe more like the right before Thanksgiving was when it really was kind of announced out there.
0: Okay, okay. So mm-hmm. what kind of feedback have you received from readers about scatter seeds of kindness
1: i had a friend of mine who has another friend who's an accountant and he called me one night and he says i'm gonna patch you through to my friend the accountant and uh, the accountant gets on the phone and he's like i'm a 64 year old man and he says i don't read a lot of poetry he's like as a matter of fact i don't read any poetry (laughs) he's like but i love your book and um, he started talking about different poems that you know struck him. He has a daughter who's got some health issues, and he feels like unfortunately he's probably going to outlive her.
0: Mm. And so
1: the poem about uh, time being a stealer um, really resonated with him. And that's just a book about how time passes by so fast, and it steals things from us, <laughs> including mm. you know our families, our loved ones, and stuff. And that had really resonated with him. So. So that was surprising because you don't expect to hear from a, a mid-60s man saying, you know, I love your book. Right. And, uh, you know, and I know he. My, my friend said he still talks about different poems in, in there that he really liked. What a wonderful um, so,
0: story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, um, you know, just uh, a friend of mine, um, who, who she says the same thing. She says, Kristen, she says, I don't read poetry. I don't understand poetry, but I love your poetry. You know, so hearing stuff like that is just... It's unbelievable to hear stuff like that. So it makes me very happy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So I was wondering if you might read us a couple of poems.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Some of them are a little bit longer. So I kind of picked out, I have mentioned a couple of times the one about time um, being the stealer. Mm -hmm. So I thought I might read that one. Okay. So in the prose that I write before each poem, I did talk about a little bit about how time goes so quickly and then... Um, how time is often referred to as a healer, you know, or some kind of like a a deity, um, you know, as if time provides all the answers. So we're always told if we're making a decision, it's give it time, take the time. And so there is value in time, right? I mean, thankfully, we all have time, we have time to spend with our loved ones, we have time to live our lives. It's a very precious thing. Mm -hmm. It does go so fast, though. And ultimately it does steal things from us i mean time takes away i I wrote in here about it takes away our looks it takes away our health in some cases our eyesight our memories but if we didn't have time you know we wouldn't have time to spend with all of our loved ones and stuff so i get into a little bit about that in the prose and this one was a, a personal one for me because it starts off talking about the perspective of my mom When my dad died very suddenly, he had a heart attack one night and was just gone. Mm. And um, how I often heard her just say he was gone too soon. There wasn't enough time to do everything we wanted to do. And later on in the poem, as we fast forward, as we often do in life, right? We fast forward so quickly. Suddenly, it's 30 years later. And now my mom is passing away. And I'm the one saying um, there wasn't time. Yeah, there wasn't uh, do everything that I wanted to do with her traveling and stuff like that so it kind of uh, takes a little bit of a turn here but so this one is pretty personal okay. um, so if you like I'll go ahead and read it this is called Time the Great Stealer when my father passed away one night my mother cried and cried about all the things they never did or saw before he died there wasn't time to do it all I'd often hear her fret he's gone too soon I need more time it can't be over yet Tick-tock, tick-tock, we are obsessed with those numbers on the dial. The calendar, we flip from month to month in some denial. We deny how fast it's slipping by as snow melts into rain. We cut the grass, kids trick-or-treat, it's snowing once again. Fast forward 30 years or so, the kids are grown and gone. My mother's life is near its end. It doesn't seem that long. Since she cooked for us and cared for us and sent us off to school, Damn time, it rears its head again. It really is quite cruel. Fast forward just a few more months, a rainy dreary day. I laid in bed and held her hand as she slowly slipped away. I saw the nurse checking her watch to call the time of death. Damn time, you stole from me again, I said under my breath. Perhaps I need a change of heart for time can be a healer. But as I watched the year slip right on by, it just seems like a stealer. I know I should be grateful for all the time we get. But still, I think it's gone too fast. It can't be over yet.
0: Mm. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, I got a little
1: choked up on my voice when I was reading that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: I, just, I liked on that one. I know it sounds so funny saying I liked because it's like my work. But I, I like the the feeling of the passage of time with like the tick-tocking of the clock and the flipping of the calendar. And yeah. You know, it does kind of show us how. I mean, thirty years, boom, it's suddenly gone before it all can go right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Wow. And I think of it. Kind of makes me think of you know my mother. I have an older mother, and then I have a, a two-year-old granddaughter. You know, so I have like both mm-hmm. ends of the spectrum. It's like, oh, these years they go by so fast. You know, it's yes. just yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. But then you know the the flip side of that, like I mentioned, is. You know, we, we have to be grateful for the time that we have because yeah. you have time with that grandchild and you have time with your mother. And, um, you know, so it's it's such a precious thing, but it really does go by really way too, way too quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Do you have another one?
1: I do. So I was torn between two of them, um, but I think I'm going to go ahead and go with and the, the reviewer really commented on the poem called Cowboy Boots and Blue Jeans. Oh, Yeah.
0: I remember her uh, mentioning yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah
1: what like, She said, she'll never, her exact line is, she said, had me looking at the differences between a Porsche and a pickup truck and a whole new light. So <laughs> this one was actually inspired by my young niece who's in her early twenties and just recently moved to Nashville and has just blossomed as a country girl. Oh. And, um, so this, I, I kind of took my, a little bit of my inspiration from her. So this is a fun one. So I thought after that heavy one that I just did, I might do a little bit more of a fun one here. So this one is called Cowboy Boots and Blue Jeans. I love a man dressed in a suit. He always looks so fine. I won't say no to surf and turf. That surely sounds divine. But you can keep your fancy suit and your fancy wheels. I don't need Armani to give me all the feels. You can show up in a Porsche, but I prefer a Jeep or a rugged, muddy pickup truck if you want my heart to keep. You can don your skinny jeans, I guess that is a start, but cowboy boots and blue jeans are the ways to win my heart. If you show up on a Harley, you'll really make me swoon. Throw on a faded flannel shirt and I just might hit the moon. Put on some Metallica and my heart belongs to you, especially in those cowboy boots and those jeans of blue. The fancy things they don't impress, so don't even waste my time. I'm happy with an ice cold beer, but I do enjoy my wine. I'm really just a simple girl, I don't require much, for me, I find more value in your words and in your touch. So treat me right and with respect, and I'll be good to you. But it wouldn't hurt to throw on those boots and those jeans of blue. I so, <laughs> oh, well, was just I a it. more fun one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of How- people uh, have asked me if my poems are autobiographical. Mm. and. Most of the time, no, they're not, <laughs> you know, so I pull inspiration and I try to put myself into like the perspective of other people. So this one, there are some pieces of me in this poem, like I, you know, I do like a jeep and I do, I do actually like a, a gentleman in cowboy boots and blue jeans, so. <laughs> um, but this one's not necessarily autobiographical. This was one I just was having fun with and I write some heavy stuff sometimes. So it's fun to cut loose a little bit and have a little fun with the words.
0: Absolutely. So. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. So what's next for you? Do you have another book in mind?
1: I do. Actually, I'm working on one right now along the same lines of doing the, you know, writing up the the prose or the inspiration, motivation, and then uh, with with the poem that follows. So I'm taking my time with this one a little bit more than I did with the first two. Like I said, the first two kind of landed around the holidays. So I really was pushing to make sure that they were out by Christmas so I could give them out as gifts. Mm -hmm. And with this next one, I'm not trying to hit that Christmas deadline and I'm not really keeping it a secret that I'm working on this one. So my answer is kind of like, it'll be out when it, when it's out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm just uh, taking my time letting the words kind of flow and I'm pretty busy these days too. So (laughs) I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to market this book and still work on the other one. So I don't have as much time uh, lately to write as I would like. So this one may not hit until maybe even early next year. But that's fine. So I'm just, yeah. Because enjoying the writing process and just writing when I can and letting the words flow. I always say the words are the boss. So they, you know, if if inspiration hits me and I make sure I have pen and paper nearby, I'll jot it down and hopefully it'll make its way into the book. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm working on that right now.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one of the benefits of self publishing is that it's ready when you're ready and
1: learning a lot through that process. Yeah. (laughs) but, you know, along with self-publishing, we're, we're kind of uh, on a little bit of an island here by ourselves and we have to do all the marketing and everything like that. So, um, you know, that's taking um, a lot of time to, you know, figure all that out. So, again, I you know don't have as much time as I would love to work on this new book, but that's OK because it'll it'll be born when it's born. yeah. Um, You know, hopefully, early next year it'll it'll make its way into the world. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Oh, good, good. And and I feel like with each book, you know, and like this will be your third book, so you've already you're growing your audience. So maybe it gets a little easier as you know with each book.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping because now I have you know I'm out on social media. I I have a website which is at kblockauthor.com, and I my social media pages and stuff. So I'm starting to gather a little bit of a following, which is good and that's nice. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, when the next book comes out. Uh, It'll just be a matter of kind of making everybody aware and I can sit back a little bit and (laughs) hopefully (laughs) let it take off, which would be be wonderful.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today and and sharing Mm -hmm. with us a little bit about you and your work. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you. I did as well. So I really appreciate what you do.
0: Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Kristen Block, author of Scatter Seeds of Kindness. To learn more about Kristen and her work, visit her website, at kablockauthor.com and be sure to check out our other interviews at insidescootlive.com.